TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. Time to feed you some football, NFL lunch style here on this Turn It Up Tuesday. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, six weeks NFL done. Now it's off to week seven and here to comment and share his thoughts on what he has seen so far. He's from NFL Network, NFL.com. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show, Jeffrey Chadia. Jeffrey, good afternoon. What is happening? Uh, not much. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good hanging in there, Jeffrey. Let's start with the Chargers. You're based in Kansas City. You cover the Chiefs, and you know you see Los Angeles, whatever the hell they are. You see them twice a year. They lose last night in front of eighty thousand Cowboy fans at home. They drop. They dropped a two and three. And I know we might not have enough time to even answer the question properly, but what is wrong with the Chargers? They have all this talent. They got some big payroll guys, but why does all of this not translate into wins as much as we think they should be accomplishing? Well, it is baffling because you look at their roster and they're as talented as, as any team in the league, especially on defense. Um, you know, you got Joy Bosa and Khalil Mack and Derwin James and all these big-name guys. But, you know, the person you that that they can't figure out is the defense. You brought in a defensive-minded coach and Brandon Staley to get this defense right, and they haven't been good since he showed up. I think they're 25th in the league right now. And, and last night they, they couldn't really find a way to – you know, the Cowboys are playing very conservatively, but they couldn't find a way to make the plays in that contest as well. Uh, that's one thing. And then the second thing is Justin Herbert, as well as he's played this year, he's played better. He still hasn't made that jump to superstar quarterback where he's doing a thing that you see Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen do to win games for you. So if I'm starting anywhere, I'm starting at those two places. Now they'll stay with the division, and in particular now the Chiefs. Hey, look, they're 5-1, and one, and anyone will take that for the most part. No undefeated teams here in 2023, but it just feels different about them. Not as explosive offensively for sure. I mean, you're up there seeing them up close and personal. Is this still a sleeping giant, even though they are 5-1? and one? Or, you know, is this kind of what they're going to be capable of doing offensively? 
I think they're they're going through a transition, and, and they were able to build up their defense, best defense they've had since Patrick Mahomes has been there. But you're right, offensively, there are a lot of they're, they're a frustrating bunch, and you can feel the frustration in the air around here. People are used to 35, 40 points a game, and they're not getting that level. And their big issue is that they got some young receivers who haven't quite figured out how to get it done. And, and really, Travis Kelsey remains their only significant option in the passing game. And so you're seeing teams really you know, try to take him away, uh, try to slow him down, and, and they haven't found somebody within Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice, the second-round pick, has shown some promise, but really they've kept seven receivers, and not one has really you know, separated himself as being a good compliment to Travis Kelsey yet. Hey, Jeffrey, what, uh, what do you think the issues are in Buffalo? I mean, they said four and two, but it seems like there's problems. Well, you know, I think – well, I think two things. I think one with Buffalo, that trip to London was tough on them. Uh, I'm sure they weren't happy about going over and playing the Jaguars, who've been there for a week already. <laughs> They're showing up on a Thursday, Friday uh, to play a game. They look pretty tired in that one. And then, you know, they, they obviously had a tough game against the Jets in that first week when Josh Allen didn't play well. But they are, to me, they're going to be there at the end. It always comes back to can Josh Allen be consistent can they find other weapons in that offense to, to help Stephon Diggs? They were doing that. You know, Dalton Kincaid and Gabe Davis were making some plays, but the defense is a little bit worrisome now with losses to Trey Davis White and Matt Milano going out. Those are huge, huge losses to a pretty, pretty good defense. Now, Jeff, you know what's interesting? I mean, Detroit, they're third offensively, seventh defensively. I mean, they're a real physical team. I mean, that's who's coming in here this week. I'm anxious to see them play. You know, it's you, 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 you put those numbers out there, and it's strange to think they're not talked about more <laughs> in this league because we talk about the Niners and the Eagles and, you know, all the teams in the AFC, but they seem to still be getting the short end of the stick when it comes to, to attention. I think that might change this week when people see them against the Ravens, a very physical team. What I love about what Dan Campbell's done with that team is they're built up front, offensive and defensive line. They make no bones about who they are. They're very Ravens-like in that way. They're going to beat you up, and they're going to try to, you know, take your lunch and take your girl and all that stuff. <laughs> but, but, but I think that the, the real key there, again, I keep going back to the quarterback. Jared Goff has been playing tremendous football for the last 17 games, and he very much has put himself in the MVP conversation with his numbers and his consistency. And that team, aside from an overtime loss to Seattle, could easily be undefeated. What'd you think of the Jets and the Eagles? Because the Eagles, to me, you know, they really hadn't put a really good game together, and Hurts has thrown yeah. a ton of interceptions. Yeah, and not only that, but their defensive backfield is a mess right now. And I saw them against the Rams a couple weeks ago, and was talking to some people in their organization about it. And they're really worried. You know, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are two, you know, veteran cornerbacks, but they miss. T.J. Gardner-Johnson, who went to the Lions in free agency, uh, you know, pretty talented safety, and they missed Avante Maddox, a corner who went down early in the year with a pec injury. And they had three injuries uh, last week. Uh, Reed Blankenship went down, Bradley Roby, Eli Rick. So, you know, they weren't playing great in the secondary to begin with. You look at the numbers, you know, they were probably 27-28 in passing yards allowed and 30th in passing touchdowns. So I think if the Ravens can get after that secondary, they have a pretty good chance of scoring some points. You know what's crazy, Jeffrey, um, that Jadavian Clowney, I mean, the way he's been playing for the Ravens, like he had 29 total pressures all of last year. He quit on the Browns. They wanted him out. And in six games so far, he's got 29 pressures already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, 
he seems to be a guy who's going to play for every team in the league before he's done. Right. <laughs> but but I, I think you put him in the right scheme with a coordinator who really knows how to use him, and he's motivated. He can still create problems for you. You know, he he hasn't had he had the 15, 16 sack season, but but he's a guy who who does get, get a lot of pressures. He's a guy who does affect the quarterback, and that that still matters. And so I I think the Ravens it, it's a really good place for him to be. Hey, Jeffrey, how much of it is, is it a zoo at the Kansas City games and stuff with Taylor Swift around? <laughs> and I'm sure that you got all the paparazzi, you know, the the press box yeah. is filled with all kinds of media people now. That's how I was in People Magazine and Vogue, you know, like places where you weekly, want to get credentials, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Pop. Well, you know, it, it's amazingly, you know, the first week it was a bit crazy and it's, it's calmed down since then because they've had two away games where, where she's shown up. But I tell you, the first week I got a friend of mine who owns a sports bar down in um, downtown Kansas City. He said when they were playing that, that game against the Bears, I think it was, and she showed up that, uh, uh, they usually with a chief score, you get this huge roar from the crowd and people going nuts. And he heard this uh, tremendous roar and he was like, Oh my God, what happened? Like something crazy. And they were showing her on the screen. And so it was just, that was <laughs> how, how crazy it's been with her here. But you know, it's, uh, it's been interesting. You know, what's also ironic here is that uh, Rihanna bought a home here as well. So this is the place where pop stars are coming to make their name, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I heard Liza Minnelli might be moving out there sooner. (laughs) Jeffrey Chidea at NFL network, NFL.com. Last thing for you, Jeffrey, bringing it back to football, NFC South coming into the year. Nobody really had a handle on who the favorite would be. Well, Carolina's out. So we'll put it that way, but of the other three, Tampa, Atlanta, New Orleans, who would you dub as the favorites here? Six weeks into the season. Uh, you know what? I picked New Orleans at the start of the year just because their defense is still, even though it's old aging, they, they still got some players over there. I thought Derek Carr would stabilize things offensively. They've been really bad offensively at different times of the season. But, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll probably still stick with them. Uh, I feel like Tampa, the way they played against the Lions was not encouraging. And I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield doing it for a full season for them. So I'll stick with the Saints. But, yeah, they're, they are a really, really rough division to watch week in and week out. Well, Jeffrey, we'd like to uh, pay you as much as Pat McAfee pays Aaron Rodgers. It's not <laughs> yeah. in the Odyssey budget, if you know what I'm saying. There. Is it not? Okay. Yeah, we're, we'll we're barely in the Odyssey budget, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. It's Jeffrey Jadea, NFL Network, NFL.com. Jeffrey, always great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right, Jeffrey Jadea, everybody. It's video at Haiti 105.7 The Fan. When we come back, who are the five worst teams in the National Football League through six weeks? We gave you the dirty dozen. There's a new number one team on top. We'll revisit that, but we'll talk about the five worst teams. There are a lot of candidates oh, yeah. for the suckage here. We'll get into that. Rockabaco from AssetSports.com. Orioles lose a key component of Mike Elias's scouting staff. The draft brain trust is minus one. How does he get replaced? place and who's going to get a big raise arbitration wise and who might get traded you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. How in the world? Vinny and Haney's Feeble Five. It has been a nightmare for this team. A handful of teams we wish the Ravens were playing. You suck. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Turn it up Tuesday, cranking it up to 12. Earlier in the program, we gave you the Dirty Dozen. Vinny's 12 best teams through six weeks, and there's a new number one there, correct? Yes, there was. The Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins at 5-1. and one. New number one team in the NFL landscape. Now we get to the opposite end of the spectrum, the five worst teams, and so many candidates to choose from, but you can only pick five, Vinny, the feeble five. All right, the feeble five. Last week, Carolina was one, Denver two, New England three, the Giants four, Arizona five. And guess what? They all lost last week. Coming in at number five, the one and five, Chicago Bears. You suck. They lost to Minnesota 19-13. They're hosting Vegas. Now, with Justin Fields out, the Bears quarterback is Tyson Bajant, an undrafted player from Division II Shepherd College. In his last two seasons at Shepard, he threw for 9,580 yards and 94 touchdowns. Hey, let him, let this guy cook. <clears throat> yes. And, Bob, did you happen to see his first play? It was a turnover, pro? wasn't it? Turnover for a touchdown. Yeah. yeah maybe kind of regrouped a little yes. bit after that. Coming in at number four, the one and five, Arizona Cardinals. You suck. Well, they lost at the Rams 26-9. They're at Seattle. So far this season... The Cards have been outscored 95-30 to 30 in the second half and have not scored more than eight points in the second half of any game. So if that's the case, Bob, they're going to have a hard time winning. Well, not exactly the 81 Chargers, <coughs> shall we yeah. say there. Coming in at number three, the 1-5 New England Patriots. You suck. Well, they lost at the Raiders 21-17, and they're hosting Buffalo. In the last 12 quarters, the Pats have been outscored 93-35. Ninety-three to thirty-five. Bill Belichick must be losing his mind. Oh my! So God. that was Kraft, I'm guessing. Well, I, I imagine. Oh, Kraft's got those six Super Bowls. Used to being the guy, you know, not getting ripped. Now I'm sure the talk sh- they're killing him. Number two, one and five, Denver Broncos. You suck. They lost to Kansas City nineteen to eight. They're hosting Green Bay. Denver has lost sixteen straight games to Kansas City. Now, they haven't been beaten Kansas City since week two of 2015 when Peyton Manning was the quarterback, 2,952 days ago. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl that year, haven't been back to the playoffs since. Yes. And then coming in at number one, 0-6, Carolina Panthers. You suck. Yeah, they lost at Miami 42-21. They were up 14-0. They're on by. Head coach Frank Wright, he's turned over play-calling duties to O.C. Thomas Brown. And the Panthers are 23rd in total offense and have been outscored 41 to 6 in the third quarter. How about those adjustments? Oh, man. So, in summary, Carolina 1, Denver 2, New England 3, Arizona 5, Chicago, or Chicago 5, Arizona 4. Now, Bob, do you see any of them winning next week? Carolina's on bye. Denver's hosting Green Bay. New England's hosting Buffalo. Arizona's at Seattle. 
Chicago's hosting Vegas. Who's got the best shot? Well, I'll say that uh, Panthers have the best shot of not losing. No doubt. I'll go out on a limb with that one. But I don't see... I would think Raiders may be losing to the Bears, but with Badgett, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know that any of them are. I'm guessing DJ Moore's numbers are going to decrease. Oh boy, in a big, big way. But that's part of the NFL landscape as we head into Week Seven. Let's look at some of the other matchups as well. Thursday night football, which you can hear on 105.7 The Fan, Jacksonville, four and two. At New Orleans, three and three, the Saints are three point favorites because Trevor Lawrence is a little bit banged up here. Yeah, and and you know what kind of sucks about if it was a Sunday, he'd be able to play, Bob. But because of it's Thursday, might probably not playing. Lions are here in Baltimore taking on the Ravens. Three point spread in favor of Baltimore. Over under only forty two. Running back issues, however. For the Lions, David Montgomery's not going to play. Jameer yep. Gibbs has been out for a couple of weeks. So old uh, uh, Campbell's going to have to uh, improvise and adapt there. We would mentioned the Raiders at the Bears. Vegas minus three. Browns are at the Colts. I mean, is Watson going to be playing in this game? Spreads Cleveland minus two. Indy's going to be Gardner Minshew in this ballgame. Yeah, I don't. Because um, Richardson's out for the year. <clears throat> I would say that Watson doesn't play this week either, Bob. Maybe another week from now he does. So whatever they thought, you know, when the when they were going to play the Ravens and he was day-to-day and he was cleared to go, not so fast. The Bills and Patriots, as Vinny said, Buffalo minus eight and a half. Commanders at the Giants, Washington minus two. Sam Howell's been sacked 34 times this year. Oh, and he's going to get sacked this week, too. They might win that game, though. His quarterback, right. for I'll give him credit. Yep. His quarterback rating's a very solid 90, given all the duress that he's been under this year. I'd be shocked. Well, I'd be disappointed if Washington didn't win. Yeah, that's kind of they better win. Yeah, sort it's kind of, of like uh, Maryland and Illinois last week. Oh, you know how that turned out. <laughs> uh, Atlanta's at Tampa. We just talked about the NFC South with Jeffrey Chadia. Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Desmond Ritter threw three picks, which doomed them last week. Tampa, okay, you want them to be okay, and they can't run the ball, and Mayfield's, you know, he's got a good play in him every now and again, but who knows? That division's up for grabs. Oh, yeah. Whichever, Bob, that division, whatever quarterback plays the best. Steelers at the Rams. Uh, This Williams kid, the running back, he might not play. Sunday for L.A. Pittsburgh's going on the road. Rams, uh, three-point favorite. Steelers coming off the bye here. Yeah, um, Bob. I just after watching Pittsburgh, I just not impressed with them. You know, I mean, they beat the Ravens, but I mean, the Ravens beat the Steelers. Um, I, I don't, I don't see how the Rams, you know, lose that game. Uh, Cardinals at Seattle. Seattle minus eight. Green Bay's at Denver. Packers minus one. I mean, I don't know really which way to go in this one. I, if we're doing our picks today, which we're not, thankfully, I'd have no idea. I'd have to flip a coin. Yeah. Well, love. I mean, you don't know what love you're getting. Can't run the ball. Nope. Green Bay. Uh, Russell Wilson's numbers, if you just look at them. They're okay. Yeah, they're not bad. That Their defense is so bad. Oh, it's Denver's. dreadful. Oh, yeah. I mean, the certain's like the one-man gang back yeah. there in the secondary. Uh, Chargers. Chargering already. 
as we talked about. They're at KC, Chiefs minus five and a half. And we just talked to Jeffrey about the Kansas City's offense frustration yeah. starting to set in. Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't really turn out to be what they hoped he would be coming no, out of that. Well, shoot. Pacheco's the guy now. You think that Mahomes is like, hey, come on, guys. I mean, you got to give me some help. You know, I got Kelsey and I got nobody. What kind of move could they make at the trade deadline? October 31st. Well, it's Halloween, Denver's right? not going to trade with them. Yeah, I mean, you're not getting, I would assume, Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Right. For and all the receivers that are available in the AFC West. Dolphins at Philly on Sunday night. Philadelphia, one and a half point favorites there. Both teams are five and one. Miami feels like a five and one team. I mean, Philly is literally, but they've been uh, not exactly blowing the doors off people. And as we talked about with Jeffrey as well, Vinny, uh, Jalen Hurts throwing a lot of picks, second in the NFL behind Jimmy G in interceptions this year. You know, so I wonder uh, because, Bob, I mean, everything you hear about him, he studies, he's first one in, blah, 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 all those things. And why he's all of a sudden now he's making bad decisions all the time. I, You know, I mean, I'm sure they're like, uh, what the hell's going on? By the way, over under this one, 52. So the odds maker is expecting some points there. And then Monday night, game you can hear on the fans, San Francisco at Minnesota. 49ers coming off their first loss. They're hoping that McCaffrey and Samuel be ready for this one. Minnesota, 0-3 at home. You just can't figure that. 49ers minus seven. Right. And they got no, you know, their receivers didn't really step up last week. You know, Addison scored a touchdown, but he didn't put up monster numbers. And Hawkinson, you'd figure he'd be prime for an increase in productivity. Not happening there. So that's Monday Night Football buys this week. Cincinnati, Dallas, Tennessee, the Jets. Carolina and the Houston Texans. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back, talk Orioles with Rockabaco from MassedSports.com. Funhouse trip, Nolan McGraw, then Inside Access takes over it, too. Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan. Turn it up Tuesday, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Little Aussie. Crank it up at 12. Anything you want to hear loud, we'll play it for you. One more segment to go. Song request plus for text line at 410-583-1057. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, championship series underway. Talked about it earlier. Let's bring it back close to home. Talk some Orioles here. Change in the Michael Elias staff, and we get into that and more. MassInSports.com joining us on the WGK Law guest hotline. Let's welcome in Rockabaco. Rocket afternoon. What's going on? Hey, guys, just enjoying a little bit of downtime here in the offseason. There is a silver lining. I wasn't rooting for it, but when your team does get eliminated, you get some free time in October. It's not the worst thing. Well, you know, and for sufferers reasons like you, you know, I get to leave at 2 o'clock, and, you know, I'm sitting on my fat ass at quarter to 3 in my living room. But anyway, Brad Selick leaves, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, to the Nats. Uh, what does this loss mean, at least on the short term, for Mike Elias here? And is it a surprising loss for the Orioles here? I guess not totally. I mean, he obviously Brad played a very important role. I mean, make no mistake. But these are Mike Elias's drafts. I mean, he's the guy that has the final say. He's out on the road scouting. He's making the final call. So I don't want to minimize this at all. Brad had an important role, certainly administratively. But, you know, Mike is making these picks. So, uh, you know, they, they can recover from this. And we shouldn't be shocked by it. I mean, when a team starts going really well, 
you start getting some poaching going on. And we had got confirmation, obviously, that Mike is coming back next season, Brandon Hyde, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I could understand why teams are kind of poking around a little bit and saying, hey, look at this model, what the Orioles have done, how well it's worked. Who can we offer promotion to? And teams have to, you know, normally grant permission for these people to, to interview. I mean, this would be an organization you would kind of target at this point. Uh, and, you know, and Cynic was in Texas for the, the, the division series. Is that my Southwest gate? When we were flying out, I guess I should have gone up to him and say, hey, any chance you're leaving in the next few days? I, did, I didn't think to ask him that. Go figure. Um, the Orioles still haven't commented or confirmed, but I was told that word began spreading pretty quickly on Friday. There were some people I talked to outside the Orioles, Orioles organization that said, oh, yeah, I heard about that already, uh, that it was going to happen. And now, of course, we don't know whether they're going to hire an outside replacement, promote someone from within, maybe make another hire below that person. Not I mean, Like I said, they haven't even confirmed it yet. But he is, he's definitely going to the Nats, and it is a, a promotion. Now, in regards to the Orioles and the work that Mike Elias is going to have to do with the roster, first we'll start with the free agents of the Orioles' free agents. Any chance any of them come back for 24? I think very slim. I mean, I would think if there's one, they may look at somebody like, you know, a Kyle Gibson and say, hey, for what he offered overall, and not just the leadership and the innings, but, you know, I mean, what do you have, like 17 quality starts, won 15 games, what that's worth, whatever, you know, they, they could look at that. But I really think they want to reach higher again and try for a legit, quote, legit number one starter. The question is, what would they spend on that guy? Or is it easier and makes more sense to try and acquire one in trade? You take on a bigger contract, you surrender some prospects, or maybe even some major league talent. They do have a log jam, for example, in the outfield. And at least that way you're not bidding against other teams so much. Uh, and it's, you know, you, maybe it's a little bit easier payroll wise. But I feel like that is still the target area as you want to bring in a top starter. And, and with Gibson, Maybe try and bring him back, depending on how you know how the offseason unfolds. If he's still in the market later and you're not able to to get the guys you're targeting, maybe more for the back end of the rotation. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't see I don't see Aaron Hicks coming back. They have enough outfielders. They have too many at this point. If you curse that on the opening day roster, you know, Adam Frazier I thought might be a half season guy and be flipped at the deadline. He made it through the whole season, offered I think more than they were even expecting. But again, they've got plenty of infielders now. I don't really think there's a spot there. Uh, and the only reason really to bring back a Flaherty might be if you say, hey, for what we gave up, you hate to have a couple-month rental and it didn't work out at all. But I don't think he's back either. Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. Joining us, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Talking some Orioles with you on this Turn It Up Tuesday. Now, I've been all about Josh Hader. Of course, and maybe it's sentimental reasons. He from Middle River went to Old Mill. The Orioles did draft him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but traded him away 10 years ago. He's become one of the best closers in baseball. Felix Batista is going to be out for all of next year. I know you wrote about it today on MassInSports.com. The chances of uh, Josh Hader signing with Baltimore would be what, in your opinion? I think extremely slim. Now, for selfish reasons, again, I still prefer being the most famous old Mill High alum there you go. associated with the organization. <laughs> There's not room for both of us, okay? But I just, I mean, this guy's probably going to set a record for, you know, b- biggest contract given to a reliever. I don't see the Orioles spending that kind of money. And they really need a one year guy. I mean, Bautista is supposed to be back in 2025. So how much do you want to commit for a reliever unless you want to have two guys of that caliber? And, you know, depending on availability and one is more set up, 
I just don't see them doing that. I think it's more likely they either decide from within that somebody could be a primary closer, and again, you kind of mix and match as they were after Bautista was injured, or you try and go out and maybe look at the market and see if there's a one-year guy with some closing experience who could at least handle some of that load. Again, when you're banking on Bautista coming back when they're anticipating, I just don't think they're going to invest the money and the years for a guy like Josh Hader. All right. And you talk about in-house DL Hall, Tyler Wells. Wells was the, what had the lowest whip in baseball as a starting pitcher. First half of the season. Hall has always been up until grace in the top starting pitching prospect. So either one of those guys being candidates or would the preference be to put them back in the rotation next year? I think they both become candidates. I think, I think they come to camp as starters. You stretch them out as starters and then you can always go ahead and put them back in the bullpen. It's easier to do that than to work a guy as a reliever in spring training and suddenly be like, oh, crap, we're going to need to stretch them out for the rotation. But I also think you really should make that decision even before you report to camp because it could influence your offseason business. If these guys, if you're really looking at them still, we want to develop them as starters, then you're going to have to go out and start looking for more relief help as opposed to if you're convinced before you even go to camp, look, these are bullpen guys for us, then maybe that lessens the need and maybe you're looking more at, okay, then we need another starter because it's going to be, you know, you're going to have some openings. And I see the argument for both, and especially with Wells, how good he was that first half in the rotation. The problem is they're so good coming out of the bullpen, it's their own fault that they're in this discussion to be bullpen guys when I know they'd prefer to be starters. They are such difference makers. And we saw that with Hall, how dominant he was in September and in the postseason and Wells in the postseason. And durability-wise with Wells, you know, he's had some injuries last few years. And with Hall, they want to develop him as a starter, and there always seems to be a health setback. And I think you could probably talk to him and his agent and say, hey, you know what? This is going to be really good for his career. Even if he does prefer to be a starter, maybe it happens down the road. You could use, like, Zach Britton as a nice comp and say, look what it did for his career, and look at the money he made. You get so X number of saves, teams are going to have to pay. So – you know, arbitration and otherwise. So I think, you know, you could really make that argument that these are be two guys who would really, really strengthen that bullpen and take a lot of the pressure off your rotation. So I'm, I'm sure that's something they're already discussing right now in the warehouse. Hey, uh, Rock, what do you think, you know, like Hyder and Elias, what was their biggest reason? For, what do they think was the 0 for 3 in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of it was just that they never had the momentum going into the playoffs that maybe like the Rangers, for example, had, they, they got up themselves on a roll here and haven't let up. They, they, they ran into a buzzsaw and I don't know whether anything could have fixed that. I mean, you know, during the season, those numbers are real. Texas had one of the best offenses in baseball. They led in multiple categories. The question was the bullpen, I think it was 24th in ERA in the regular season. And I thought that would be the big difference maker in that series and in the Astros series. And so far it hasn't mattered at all. And maybe it won't. So I think some of it was just they ran into a really hot team. And the Orioles' offense, they were struggling down the stretch anyway. There was really no momentum going in. And when you only get, what, one and two-thirds from two of your starters in the playoffs, you're in a lot of trouble there. Now, so I think those were the primary things. I know there's been some talk about did that five-day layoff really hurt them. There's no scientific evidence to say whether it does or doesn't. But I thought it'd be good for them. It would heal them up. They would provide much-needed rest. They didn't just sit around. They had sim games. They held workouts for like four days at Camden Yards. But you really can't replicate game action. When you look at a team like the Rangers, 
you know, they were fighting for division title right to the final day of the season. So they were, you know, they didn't have time to kind of maybe build up any rust or lose momentum or, or whatever. And, but you see what's happened to the other 100 win teams. They got bounced. So maybe there is something to that. Who knows? But I just think mainly they ran into a buzzsaw and they didn't get the starts they needed. I was questioning the roster construction, only going with 12 pitchers. I thought they could have used an extra bullpen guy. Uh, you know, they carry Heston Kierstad as basically the extra position guy. I don't even know if he had that bat in the postseason. And the Rangers had like seven lefties on their pitching staff, including two of their starters. So there's really no need for him. So I don't know whether that makes any difference or not. I just think mainly it was just that offense never got cranked up again, except for the one game, game two. And that was a little deceiving because Hicks hit that late three run homer. And the Rangers are just full of momentum right now. Rockabaco, MassInSports.com. Rock, always appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your Turn It Up Tuesday. Thanks, Rock. I will. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, man. Rockabaco, everybody. We'll come back, take a trip through the funhouse. Nolan McGraw. Inside Access takes over at 2 o'clock. Not only is Showtime getting rid of boxing, reading the story, they're shutting down their whole sports division. Really? So don't expect any sports on Showtime at the end of this year. Sports. With balls, it's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Turn up Tuesday, some Guns N' Roses. When I saw them at Hammerjacks in 1987, this is the song they opened with. Matter of fact, from what I hear over the years, 36 years later, 8 million people were at that concert. Oh, yeah. But I've got proof. That I was there. Tickets and a surviving member of our party. Well, there you go. So that's all about me, Nolan. About that. I know it's not yay. But Don't you miss that era of physical tickets? Yes. To have as a keepsake? Makes me insane. Yes. Matter of fact, because um, my wife, my niece, and my cousin are going to the uh, Lions game Sunday. Nice. And we're trying to transfer tickets mobile. It's like... Please, just give me the ticket over here. Because I've had problems before getting into venues thinking that you had downloaded the tickets, and if you don't have the barcode, they look at you like you're insane. Yeah. I don't know. And you can't collect, because people like to collect that as memorabilia. I used to. I mean, I've yeah. still got, what do I have? Uh, I can't remember. I think I lost it. Bob, you know what's crazy is, like, four or five weeks ago, I go to go to the Falston High School football game, so I walk up to the thing, and I... Said, I, I want to buy a ticket. I said, what are you talking about? You want to buy a ticket? I said, to go to the game. Yeah. No, you got to do it online. I said, why can't I just buy a ticket? Everything's cashless oh, now, that's apparently. Oh, uh, High school, that's too far. Yes. High school sports. So, so then they we, should be paying you to go to some of those. So games. we go last Friday night. I said, Rachel, I said, can you give me a ticket, you know, for this game <clears throat> and send it to me on my phone? It's the hottest ticket in town. Oh my God! <laughs> but yeah, that's right. <laughs> but to the point, my brother still has the ticket stuff for when we went saw Guns N' Roses and Easy O at Hammerjacks way back when. Tomorrow's Woman Crush Wednesday. We got film study of the Ravens' win against Tennessee. Yep. We'll get into some other things relating to the baseball playoffs. John Harbaugh, Lamar usually talk on Wednesday, so we'll start previewing that just a little bit. Maryland is off this week, but there's still an epic college ba- uh, football game as Penn State takes on Ohio State. We'll start getting some college football talk coming your way. And, uh, talking off the air, I know we get Damon on Thursdays. I'm going to make a prediction we might not get him this week because Maryland's on by. 
Yeah. Uh, well, you got the Maryland mm. Mile, which used to be Midnight Madness. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Uh, Loxley will join us next week. I know that. Okay. So we'll. Oh, uh, during the bye, Lox. Well, the bye's this week. Well, I wanted to get him this week, but we'll talk to him next well, week. Well, he's got some splaining yeah. to do. Yeah. As uh, Lucy, yes, he used does. To, or Ricky used to tell Lucy way back because that, if as galling as it is for Maryland fans, that L, oh, it's got to be eating oh. away at him. Well, I guarantee you, last Saturday night he didn't sleep. Yeah, that was a tough L. Tough L at home to a team they were thirteen point favorites to beat. So, point is, we got a lot to get into on Woman Crush Wednesday. Inside access coming up. Matter minutes right now. Funhouse. Quick draws, funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. Real quick housekeeping for our picks last night. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, Vinny picked the Cowboys. Bob and myself had the Chargers. Oh! So, uh, Vinny's uh, now three games up on me, 13 up on Bob. I'm the A's. The Oakland A's. Yeah. Not the 74 A's. The current day A's. Yeah. How about Trevor May blasting the owner? Basically called him a rich dork. Told him to sell the well, team. Not so nice words. That was a very PG version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Texter here wants to know how you guys would feel about the Ravens potentially going after Cortland Sutton at the trade deadline. Um, what do you got to give? That would be my thing. What do you got to give? And he got paid already. And um, whose place is he taking? Is he an upgrade? Well, that's the thing. I mean, all the hubbub about how they've got yeah. the best receiving core in the history of the team and they're trading for a receiver yeah. at the trade deadline. It's hard enough to get some of these guys reps as it is. Yeah. Probably need a safety another... or uh, some. Probably there's other things that you would need prior to that, I would think. Another pass rusher? I don't know. Possibly. Why not? With Bauer, you know, with Bowser's going to be mm-hmm. out and about. You have a better chance of seeing Bowser from Shauna than Tyus Bowser this year. That's a dated reference. Google it, everybody. Uh, this one here, Texter says, I agree with uh, Rock that Hater may be out of the Orioles' price range, but what's the harm in having two elite closers when Bautista comes back? Same thing I said this year when Cano was on fire. It's not about... Who's the actual closer? Just be happy you have two elite guys. I think that the detriment is he wants to be the highest paid closer in the history of baseball, mm. which will probably be a non-starter, no pun intended. But boy, D.L. Hall looked good throwing that baseball in the playoffs, didn't he? Very Josh Hader-like, as a matter of fact. Power lefty. Without the hair. Wait, cut it all off. Right. That's the key to his power. Apparently. Uh, Reverse Samson. I don't know. Is that what it is? Uh, Last text here. (laughs) Texter says, speaking of the receivers, Bateman seems too concerned over his target share when he should be just trying to make the most of his reps right now. Just look at Odell. Probably not getting the targets he wants either, but he's not complaining. No, I totally agree with that 100%. I mean, Odell, the the reality of and what we see from Odell on the field is like the opposite of what we see Bateman with body language. Odell's engaged. We never see Bateman like engaged 
with other people and those kind of things. I mean, Odell's coming to help guys out and to get hit and all this kind of stuff. And look how excited he was after he made the catch. He, I, I just think uh, um, Bateman, he's not in a good head place right now. Speedy and Haney, 105.7 The Fed. We're back tomorrow at 10 o'clock with Woman Crush Wednesday. Ravens back at practice, getting ready for the Detroit Lions. Ravens are three-point favorites in this matchup. We'll talk about the baseball playoffs, game two of the NLCS. Coming up tonight, Philly's taking on the Diamondbacks and everything else going on in the world of sports. We'll try to get to as much as we possibly can. For Nolan McGraw, Vinny Serrato, I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the morning. Inside Access coming up next. For now, class dismissed. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T Mobile. You can count on T Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 